Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 as we finish up tonight. One of the great truths of the scriptures is that God always provides what we need. Amen? And that includes a conscience. That includes confidence that comes with that conscience. And that is that inner voice that each one of us have that ultimately will cause us to know deep within a part of our soul that convicts and convinces us of what the Lord is doing in our lives and the truth that he wants us to not only know, but to act out, to live on. Conscience is very much like a piano. If you only play a piano once a year, you don't know if it's out of tune, amen? Your conscience is like that. When you think about your conscience, if you never allow your conscience to speak into your life, then you're not going to know know the voice of your conscience. You're going to have a tough time hearing from your own conscience, the the built-in guidance system that the Lord has given us. And so tonight we'll pick up in verse 12 and we'll finish up here in chapter 1 in, in a study that I think I believe we'll minister to each of us tonight because God has given us that inner voice and has given us the ability to know that we know so that we can have that boldness so that we can walk in this world in in a way that ultimately uh, is pleasing to him. So would you join me? We'll pray and we'll pick up our reading there in verse 12. Father, thank you for the gift of a conscience that testimony of your spirit speaking to our spirit that allows us to know that you're speaking to us. Lord, that convicts us and convinces us, helps us to know what is right and to know what is wrong. The Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so God, we pray that you bless us as we study your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 12, for our boasting is this. Now, normally boasting is not a good thing, amen? That generally is considered part of pride. But in this case, there is a good place for us to boast. The testimony of our conscience that we have conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. The Apostle Paul is bragging about his walk with the Lord, in essence. He's saying, look, I I have a clear conscience in the way that we've conducted ourselves and what I've said and what I've done uh, as I've ministered to you. And he says in verse 13, for we are not writing any other things to you than what you read and what you understand. And now I trust you will understand even to the end. As also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also are ours, in the day of the Lord Jesus. Having a clear conscience is a significant, a very important key to victorious Christian living. Very often people kind of wander around and they're like a misguided missile. Probably some of you saw the news report from early this week that in Israel, there in the south, of course the Gaza Strip is is the piece of land uh, that actually is Israel, but is adjacent uh, to Egypt. It's in the south. It's also the land of Gath, the home of the Philistines. Uh, but from out of the Gaza Strip, a couple of rockets were launched. And normally, the reason that the Israeli Defense Forces will turn on their Iron Dome to track those missiles is they usually do not have a range long enough to make it into the middle or past Tel Aviv. And so in this case, figuring that was a normal rocket launch that Hamas had made, they did not track a missile, and unfortunately, it flew over most of Tel Aviv and landed in a populated area and blew up a house. But that missile was unguided. It was just simply launched, and wherever it landed, it landed. You as a believer are never an unguided missile. God wants to guide you every moment of every day, direct you, 
And a vast majority of the time, in a general sense, as you are walking through life, he does that by your conscience. He simply confirms in the depths of your soul that as best as you know and as best as you have understood and planned, you're going the right direction and you have an internal guidance system that tells you that that we get from a couple of Latin words, calm and sincere, which means to with, in, know. In other words, you know that you know. It helps you to know what's right, it helps you to know what's wrong, it helps you to do what is right and to not do what is wrong. And it's not just simply remembering God's laws. It's not simply pulling, you know, pulling the Bible card out and say, well, thus says the Lord. It is a deeper place, resides in the center of your soul, in the middle of your being. It is part of the internal you. And of course, it bears witness to the law. But it's not the law itself. It moves, in essence, from your head, where you understand things, to your heart, where you feel things, To your hand, where you do things. In other words, it encompasses the whole you. The whole you is made up of a mind and a spirit and a body. And your conscience speaks to the whole you. You're going to be able to discern with your mind. You're going to feel in your heart. And you're going to do with your hands that which is the Holy Spirit's leading. Your conscience is what gives you confidence. It's how we move forward in many of the things that we do. You see, it's rather like a window that lets light into your soul. If you get that window dirty, we're in that springtime where most of us have not done that deep spring cleaning, amen? If you have many blinds like ours, you just simply turn them around the other way because you don't want to know what's on them. It's like all the dust from the last year has been cold and you don't want to clean them. But also on the windows is that grime that comes from all the rain and the muck that's gone off your roof and drizzled down the side of your house and you haven't gotten out there to clean them. You see, when your windows are clean, you have a very clear view of things. Amen? But when they're dirty, our cat looks just like the raccoons that frequent our neighborhood. Our our dogs look like the squirrel. You can't see clearly. You can't understand clearly because the window to your soul is smudged. That's your conscience. That's that God-given ability for things to flood into your life. It's the very reason I believe that Jesus there in Matthew chapter 6 reminded us of a truth that, that the Lamp of the body is really the eye. He's using a a metaphor. He's saying, look, if you can't see clearly, how can you do something clearly? And, And this is going to then move from your head, where you understand things, down to your heart, where you actually know that it's the right thing to do. I know a lot of facts. And I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just one of those weird repositories of useless knowledge. And so I know all these strange things, bizarre tidbits of information, and I know they're true. But when to use them, that's a different matter. When they might be appropriate as an illustration, that's a different matter. That's part of the conscience. That's part of the guidance system the Lord's built into us You know that you know that you know that somehow this is going to make some sense. And so that information is used in a certain point in time. It's often been said that the longest distance that humans travel is from the head to the heart. Amen? Anybody else have trouble getting from that place to the other place? You know, you you know it's true. But you're unconvicted in your conscience that you ought to actually act on it. And so the Lord is dealing here through the Apostle Paul with our conscience. And by the way, your conscience doesn't get its information from Wikipedia. It's more like a sanctified whisper that comes into the center of your being 
that is audible if you're listening, but is easily turned off. Your conscience isn't going to necessarily even keep you from doing what is wrong, nor will it make you do what is right, but it is going to let you know which is which. That's your conscience before the Lord. That's God speaking to you. And when you have that kind of conscience, that's why the Apostle Paul uses this word 26 times in his letters and, and, and in the book of Acts, it's attributed to him. The reason his conscience was so important was that was what led him ultimately to be able to speak with such boldness. He knew that he heard from God. It was clear. It was just like, this is what I need to say. This is what I need to plan. This is what I need to do. And when you have that, you can, you can walk in integrity. You, can, you, you will not have the duplicity of someone who's not even convinced themselves that what they're saying is right. You've met those people, right? You know, they're trying to give you a reason why you should do something, but they're not convinced that it's even true. Your conscience before the Lord will not do that. And so if you don't have that, perhaps it's a good time to begin fine-tuning that conscience and asking God to help you with this area of life. You see, there is an importance to your conscience. Paul here is being accused of deception, being uncaring. He's got this church in Corinth that he's ministered to. He's already written a letter to them. And now they're acting like he, does, they don't, he doesn't even care about them. It is Paul's conscience that keeps him moving forward. As is very often the case, people don't listen carefully. Amen? It's interesting to me that when you speak publicly, like I do frequently and often, that people hear exactly what they want to hear and focus in very often on singular words. We call them buzzwords in our society, amen? There's a handful of words that I can say that I guarantee you I will get emails tomorrow. Trump is one of them. <laughs> Democrats another. Republicans, they're just words. People get stuck on them. And all of a sudden the mind goes blank. I can say things that I, they can be completely in a different context, but if you're not allowing your conscience to help you understand, what is Pastor Jeff trying to say, actually? You see, because my words might say something to you, but your conscience might help you sort through, you know, sometimes I don't choose exactly the right words, amen? Your conscience helps you interpret by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, your conscience takes those things and stirs them around and mixes them in in the right proportion. You're going, oh, that's what he meant. Because every once in a while, I'll use a metaphor that doesn't quite fit, or I'll say something that's you know, slightly, you know, maybe doesn't quite communicate what I'm trying to communicate. That's the important of, importance of your conscience, not just mine, but yours. So that you're listening with a godly conscience. Paul actually has already said, look, if the Lord permits this, I will come to you. But people don't hear that part. All they hear is you're going to come, right? You're going to be there, yeah? And Paul's saying, yes, if the Lord permits. And the if the Lord permit part gets left off. And that is a perfect answer to someone's question. Because at the end of the day, who's in charge of the universe? The Lord so if the Lord doesn't permit it, we probably shouldn't be going, amen? Can I tell you, I've lived long enough to make a few plans that God's changed. Can I tell you, there have been multiple stock market crashes that I wished hadn't happened. That there have been TSA strikes and plane delays. I've made what I thought were godly plans, made statements of great intent to do something or be somewhere. I was going down to LAX one time from the mountains to meet up with the team and we were heading to Brazil and I actually ran into Jesus. Well, actually, Jesus had a stop sign. 
you see, that wasn't on my day timer. It didn't say in my Outlook contact. It was not in my database, get in fender bender. But somehow God allowed it. Now one could say, oh, well, Jeff didn't care about the trip. He just didn't want to go to Brazil. After all, he'd already been there. And actually, that was a couple of the things that were said. No, I had a car wreck. I wrecked the guy's car. I'm not leaving him on the side of the road. So I drove him home and I missed the plane. And in Paul's case, he wanted to gather an offering so that the Corinthians could be engaged in, in meeting the need of the Christians in Jerusalem. And they did that, and he's on his way there. But things don't always work out the way we planned them, amen? If you have children, say amen. Amen? Yeah, things happen. Anybody that thinks that they have their whole life mapped out perfectly, you're deluded. I mean, you're just wrong. I mean, let's just, let's just say it like it is. There are going to be things that will happen in your life that you are not going to have an explanation for. But if you've had a conscience that is right before God, even the changes, you will be able to say, I know the Lord was in this. I know this, is, this was his plan. That doesn't come from the facts That comes from a clear conscience before the Lord. Sometimes all of our plans, B, C, D, and F, have to be scrapped, amen? You start mapping out your child's education, they're going to go to a certain school or, you know, a college or whatever, and then you go and you see what tuition's going to (laughs) cost. Well, junior college. (laughs) You know, you intend to send them to UCLA, Then you go meet with the entrance counselor and you say, can we just come to the U part of UCLA? Because I think we can afford that part. You know, we make great plans. We fully intend, but the Lord guides the steps of his people. Amen? Plain teaching of scripture, by the way. Paul has a ton of regret. He even has some embarrassment. He wants to go when he said he'd be there. But the Lord hinders his travel so that he can't. And it ultimately ends up being for their good. And and I've had this happen in my own life. And and all of us who are pastors or in ministry have had this happen at some point in time or another. Where you know that in your current state of mind, if you were to meet that person that you've already counseled ten times on a certain issue and they tell you one more time the same lame story, someone is going to end up hospitalized. And so the Lord somehow changes that that connection. He says, no, you need to change your attitude, Mr. Gill. And so I'm going to, you know, bust up your schedule here a little bit so that I can speak to you, and the next time you talk to that person, they're going to tell you the 11th time the same story, you're still going to be compassionate and tender and gentle. Because if you went in your current state, you're going to beat him up. And that appears to be the situation with Paul. He's issued this first letter. It was strong, amen? He's like, yeah, here's the deal. Notice the tenor of this letter. It's almost the exact opposite of 1 Corinthians, isn't it? Here we meet the God of all comfort. In 1 Corinthians, it's like, I'll comfort you. You want a right cross, left hook, which do you want? Paul gave both, right? Will Rogers said, well, plans can get you into things, but you'll have to work your way out. You know, sometimes just our plans are not of the Lord. We think they are, and so God changes them. Why did Paul do this? I don't think they could endure another visit from him if he had gone right away. And so Paul informs the church, and then what happens is people begin to make up their own story. And you have to learn to live with this at some time in your life as you walk with the Lord. 
you're going to do your very best. You're going to make your plans. You're going to do everything you can to keep those plans. They are going to get changed, and then people are going to gossip. And they're going to slander, and they're going to say all manner of crazy things, and you are just going to have to remember that God's got this. That's where the Apostle Paul is. He knows absolutely that critics are going to criticize. That doubters are going to doubt. Unloving people are going to be unloving. But he knows that there was nothing inside of him that warrants what's being said about him. And he can just go with peace. Peace changes that situation. And very often that's the only way to, to deal with misunderstandings. Because they're, they're difficult to untangle at times. You know, people misunderstand what we say. You know, we fully understand that what we said is what we meant. But the person hearing it may not understand that what we said is what they needed to hear. They're hearing with their paradigm. They're listening with a different set of information than you may possibly uh, have believed that they understood. And so there's a misunderstanding that gets underway. And what often happens is integrity starts to be questioned. Uh, all kinds of problems open up. But when you have a clear conscience, you could just simply know you know. I've had this happen so many times in my ministry experience to where I know that God told me this is what he wants me to do. And I know that I've communicated that to people. And as sure as the day is long, Somehow, between my lips and their ears, something got crossed up somewhere. Could have been on me, could have been with them, could have been both of us. And at the end of the day, all I can do is say, I'm sorry, and stand and know that my conscience before the Lord is clear. That's where the Apostle Paul is. And I think in this passage, there's actually four attributes that we can see Uh, about a clear conscience the first one you'll find it there in verse 14 and when you have a clear conscience you're, you're going to live in the light look at verse 14 you're going to live in the light of the lord's return i live differently when i'm thinking about my eternal home I live differently when i look at this world and i say even so lord jesus come I live differently, I'm focused differently when I understand fully and completely that the Lord could return at any moment of any day. And here's what happens. I prayerfully don't get hung up on the little things. I focus in on the things that actually matter. And what matters is the day of Jesus Christ. What matters is how am I going to be doing when my Savior appears from heaven? How am I going to be serving the Lord when the trumpet sounds because here's the truth of the matter when the church goes home to heaven when we stand before the judgment seat of the Lord after the church has been raptured off of this rock whatever misunderstandings you had with other believers they're all going to be squared away because you're going to be standing before the Lord to receive that standing before the Lord to receive a reward for those things that have been done in this body You're not going to be worried about, well, you know, Susie didn't do that. Those things are going to get fixed. Everything's going to be forgiven. Everything's going to be forgotten. All things are going to be transformed. Everything will be glorious. There will not be anything separating anybody who knows the Lord. And so if I live my life here and now with that truth in mind, it makes me a whole bunch less judgmental. It makes me a whole bunch less worried about what everybody thinks. It allows me to just say, Lord, I can't wait to go home. And not in a negative sense. I know that everything gets squared away in heaven. It helps my conscience stand strong. A second thing. When you have a clear conscience, and we'll pick up in verse 15 now and read down to verse verse 18. The most serious thing in your life is going to be accomplishing the will of the Lord. It isn't going to be all the other stuff. 
It's going to be accomplishing God's will. Verse 15, and in this confidence, I've intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to pass by the way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and to be helped by you on my way to Judea. And therefore, when I was planning to do this, did I do it lightly? Or the things that I plan? Do I plan according to the flesh? That there should be with me, there should be a yes, yes, is not no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. In other words, I was direct with you. I planned these things before the Lord. I was concerned about what God's position was on it. Did I even plan these things in the flesh? I planned them in the spirit. I wasn't just willy-nilly going about life. I talked to God about my trip. When you do that, God enables your conscience to just say, yeah, Jeff, you and I talked about this, and I did tell you to do that. People may not always get it. People may not always understand it. Paul didn't make careless plans. He wasn't haphazard. And anybody that ever tells you that every single second of every day that they know exactly what God wants them to do, run. (laughs) I've never met that person. Now, hopefully, we're going to want to hear from the Lord. But I can tell you there are times when I don't know what God wants. Any honest pastor will tell you there are times when I'm not sure what God is doing. And in those times, I have to do the same thing you all do. I pray, I read the word, I ask for counsel, and I wait for my conscience to speak. And sometimes, guess what? You don't hear anything. And so what do you do? You do your best and you commit the rest. Amen? That's all you can do. Life's not perfect. We, we are failed and flawed human beings that dwell with bodies of flesh. We are guided by the Spirit. We have the capacity to know all things. These things are all truths. But the fact of the matter is the implementation is not perfect. Amen? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Praise God, we've been redeemed, but we are in the process of sanctification. Amen? We're on our journey of getting more like Jesus. And so the closer we get to being exactly like Jesus, the fewer mistakes we'll make. So some of us are still just beginning that journey. Some of us have been on that journey for a while. Some of us make fewer mistakes. Some of us make more mistakes. Some of us outright sin at times. So that perfection of knowing everything that God's going to do at every moment, I don't know that I've met anyone that's ever even come close to being able to look me in the eye and say, yep, I know everything I did today was totally of the Lord. But I can tell you what'll help. That your conscience is clear that you did your best. That you offered up everything you have to the Lord, that body, soul, mind, and strength, as best as it is within you, that you did your best to accomplish those things that you know that God told you to do. Jesus actually addressed this issue in Matthew chapter 5. He said, say just a simple yes. I will, or no, I won't. And I'm reading from the the Living Bible. Your word's enough. To strengthen your promise with a vow shows that something is wrong. You see, you, you don't need to say, thus says the Lord, after every sentence. It would be better for you to say, if the Lord wills after every sentence. Amen? If the Lord moves in the right direction and everything that I heard was from him, if there's no fallacy in my human, wicked, deceived heart, because the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and who can know it, amen? 
Even though you're redeemed, you still have a little deceitful, wicked heart in there that sometimes does exactly the thing you're not supposed to do, so you're going to confuse the issue occasionally. Jesus just said, keep it simple. Just do what God tells you to do. And honestly, only a person who has a problem with their character continually makes those caveat promises. You know, if you've always got to say, well, the Lord said. Look, it should be a given that the Lord speaks to you every day and you should be listening to the Lord. So sometimes overemphasizing that part of it is actually a sign that maybe you haven't heard from him at all. So be careful. Paul was a man of character. And because he also had a clear conscience, during these 18 months of ministry with the Corinthians, Paul had proven himself faithful time and time and time again. And they should have been able to look at that faithfulness and go, we're just going to believe what we've seen. Paul didn't have to be perfect. But the witness of his character was sufficient. They should have believed him. And Paul knew that the witness of his character was sufficient, that they should have believed him. And so his conscience was clear. A third thing, verse 19. When you have a clear conscience, your life ultimately will glorify the Lord. All things, again, amen? Romans 8, 28. We'll get to, to Genesis 50, 52. That which even the enemy meant for evil, God you purposed to will to use for good. All things working together for the good. Verse 19, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all of the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. In other words, Paul lived to please the Lord. And because his constant focus was to please the Lord, he wasn't wandering around, well, you know, I kind of made these decisions on my own flesh, and I made these decisions by the will of the Lord. It was just his yes was yes, and his no was no, and every day was, Lord, if you will, please help me to understand whatever your will is, and that's what I want to do. It gave him incredible boldness. Because he was always seeking to glorify the Lord. When you walk in compromise in your life and you're not seeking to walk with the Lord, worse yet, if you walk in rebellion or open sin, your yes has become no, amen? And your no has become yes. Compromise can steal your conscience. Because ultimately what happens is you know you're not in the will of the Lord. And so what happens is, well, I'm really not sure. I don't have any confidence about this. Because it's not of the Lord. And because you don't have that built-in guide of your conscience, guided by the Holy Spirit, now you're wondering. And because you're wondering, other people are wondering too. Why are you doing that? Because you don't have confidence that comes with a clear conscience. You see, the bottom line is God's not going to reveal himself through false instruments. God doesn't reveal himself through lies and deception. God does not reveal himself through false promises or through false statements. Christ reveals promises. Christ reveals truth. And if you reveal truth with your life, then you can claim the promises of God. And that way you have a clear conscience and you have confidence before the Lord. It's like God said it, I believe it, I'm claiming it. But if you said it, nobody believes it, you probably ought to not claim it. Amen? You you can manipulate people into believing that you're speaking for the Lord. And here's how you know you're not speaking for the Lord. Because what you say doesn't come true. What you say produces the work of the flesh. What you say does not glorify the Lord. What you say does not meet up to the standard of God's word. 
a clear conscience backs you away from all of those things and helps you just say, this is what God said, and I'm okay with it. That's what I'm going to do. You'll glorify the Lord. A fourth thing, pick up in verse 21. When you have a clear conscience, you're going to be on really good terms with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think you can almost interchange the voice of the Spirit with your conscience, though they're different because the Holy Spirit's a person and your conscience is internally you, but the Holy Spirit speaks to your conscience. Check this out. And now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us is God. That's who established you. And here's how you know this. Who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. A wedding ring, a promise ring, giving you a little bit of him so that you can have a whole lot of guidance. The Holy Spirit in you, speaking to you, speaks to and through your conscience. And so what happens is, when you have that clear conscience, the Holy Spirit's going, yes and amen, yes and amen, yes and amen, yes and amen. And when you don't have a clear conscience, that's the Holy Spirit going, no, 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 no. You're going the wrong way. You're doing the wrong thing. You're thinking the wrong thought. You're planning the wrong plan. Because the Holy Spirit bears witness to God, amen? And to God's truth and to God's plan. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to your conscience and tells your conscience, hey, tell Jeff this. Good or bad, because the Holy Spirit convicts of both sin and righteousness, amen? So both sides. All of a sudden you're going, wow, I do actually know a little bit of what God wants me to do. Because right now, the Holy Spirit's going, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm, you ain't doing that. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. In other words, he's saying, man, I was in a bad mood. I I was thinking about bringing the holy baseball bat of Antioch with me (laughs) to see if I could knock some sense into your thick heads. It's pretty clear that Paul was still a little bit on a a mission to, to make sure that they understood fully that they were going the wrong way. To spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy. For by faith you stand. And so he says, look, this word established, it is actually a business term. It can be a banking term, but it means to find value in. In other words, when you establish something, if you establish a bank account, The whole point of a bank account is that you make a deposit before you make a withdrawal. Amen? So in this case, to establish who you are, to have the Holy Spirit establish you, means that there's been a deposit made in your account of holiness and godliness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. There's been an account established in heaven, and that account is filled with the righteousness of Christ, And the Holy Spirit now enables you to make withdrawals on that account so that as you live life, you can go to the resources of heaven for your daily living. This is what happens to us. If you do not have the resources of the Holy Spirit, you're going to run out of spiritual cash really quick. Amen? You're going to go to make a withdrawal and it's going to be NSF, not sufficient funds. Spiritually speaking. God's guarantee is that he is dependable. God's guarantee is that he is truth. God's guarantee is that he is able. God's guarantee is that his resources are sufficient to give you all the things that you have need of according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? His guarantee is this. That when you make a withdrawal with the right card, which is the Holy Spirit card, there will always be sufficient funds. That account is established in heaven. But if you go with a fakey ATM card from El Diablo, (laughs) and you put that card in, it's going to go, and you're going to look at it and go, wow, that is the wrong card. 
That's your conscience. Your conscience is going, you used the wrong card, dummy. You're not going to get anything from God with the El Diablo card. So put your flesh back in your pocket and take out the other card, which is the Holy Spirit card. Stick that one in there and try and make the same withdrawal. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to go, no, you can't do that right now. Or it's going to say, you know, you need to change that plan according to the plans of the Lord. Your conscience will be stimulated by the work of the Holy Spirit so that you understand what it is that God wants to do. You're going to be on good terms with the Lord. I personally love that. I love that God loves to tell me what I need to know. Now, wouldn't it be a bummer if God was just sitting in heaven going, figure it out. So how you doing? You still messed up, Jeff? <laughs> kind of just looking at you with a weird, you know, kind of giving you like, you ever seen a chicken when they attack you? Roosters look at you with one eye sideways. Imagine God doing that to you, kind of like you don't know where he's actually going. No, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He's not going to give you like a chicken eye. God's going to look you right in the face and go, look, you're going the wrong way. I want you to go over here. I want you to do this. He's not sitting in heaven. Go figure it out. Good luck with that. Can you imagine if God were actually capricious? He's just running around, seeing, just seeing how messed up he can make you. He doesn't do that. He wants you to know what is his will. And so he's given you a conscience that will produce confidence in you, and that confidence will come to you by the Spirit. That's that anointing that's come upon you. It gives you a special confidence. It gives you the ability to serve. It gives you the ability to know truth. It gives you the understanding that you are actually one of God's kids. For those of you that are parents, you know this is true. When something goes down in your neighborhood, where do the children run? Back to mom and dad. Amen? That's a place of safety. That's a place of provision. That's a place of power. You run back to the father. You run back to mom. You run back to the spiritual parent. In this case, that confidence that you have in the spirit by the conscience being led by the spirit causes you to run back to God instead of run away. The child that knows it's safe at home well cared for at home, protected at home, provided for at home, is going to run home. The Spirit does that in you. Does that in me. It's like, Jeff, I'm over here. Come to me. Run to me. The Holy Spirit is telling you which way to go in that sense. The witness of the Spirit also helps us to understand that which is authentic, And that was just counterfeit. Because you know, that's tough to do in this world. Sometimes there are things that seem right on the cusp. One of those things is love. Because we are so conditioned by the world to have a misunderstanding of what real love looks like, we often confuse it with attraction. We confuse love with pleasure. We confuse love with selfishness, actually, at times. Makes me feel good. But the Holy Spirit convicts you of the right kind of love, amen? That self-sacrificing, self-denying care that is deeper for the other person than for oneself. You see, that is the confidence you have in the Spirit, and that is the conviction that you have by your conscience being handled by the Lord himself through the Holy Spirit. And finally, that conscience and that confidence are two of the greatest things that keep us growing and going. Keep us on the move for the Lord. Because there's a lot of things that can stop us dead in our tracks in this world, amen? 
You, you run into a problem and you don't know that you know that God loves you and God has it under control. Sometimes you start getting pushed away from the things of God. That's a natural occurrence to the human being when you meet something that is difficult. Is to think, is there an easier way around this? But when the Holy Spirit steps into your life, all of a sudden you realize that nah, I may, maybe this trial is actually from the Lord. He doesn't want to deliver me from this trial. He wants to actually deliver me in this trial. He wants me to go through this thing because he knows when I get on the other side of it, I'm going to be better for it. That that comes with conscience and the confidence that comes from that Holy Spirit-led conscience. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there looking at my life going, Lord, what do you want me to do to serve you today? And by serve, I do not mean a spiritual dictator. I mean, Lord, what do you want me to do to love someone else? What do you want me to do to serve others? What do you want me to do to be the least in the kingdom so that I can be great in yours? You see, as we really think on these things, ultimately you begin to grow when you begin to think more highly of other people than you do of yourself. You begin to grow when you look at service as a a pleasure and a blessing rather than drudgery. You, You begin to grow when you understand the truth and you're willing to speak the truth in love even when that truth is not popular. You see, that's what happens when your conscience is being made confident through the work of the Holy Spirit. That down payment, that guarantee, that security that you have in Christ uh, is pointing us towards heaven, amen? (laughs) One day, one day. We have our tour leaving for Israel this coming week. One of the reasons Charlie Campbell will be here next Thursday night, do not miss it. This is his latest book, his latest work, and how to deal with the, the skeptics in your life. It's going to be great. I want to strongly encourage you to be here. But as we leave, we're, we're heading to, to Israel. We're heading to the potential of, eh, who knows, maybe a little bit of a skirmish there in Gaza. President Trump to amen. Finally, somebody stood up and said the Golan Heights belonged to Israel. That's a truth because God said so. And praise the Lord for our president making that stand. But I can tell you what the Syrians are doing. Amen. I can tell you what the Syrians are doing. They're amassing troops at the border. I can tell you what the Iranians are doing. They're helping mass the Syrian troops. I can tell you what the Russians are doing. They're providing arms to the Syrians and the Iranians. They're not happy about it. The whole world is not happy about it. And people are going, oh, you're going to go to Israel right now. I mean, bombs could fly. Look, I have absolute confidence that I'm not leaving this earth until Jesus says it's time. So he wants us to leave from Jerusalem. We'll still see in heaven. Amen? Amen. That's that confidence. You have to have that confidence. Otherwise, you wander around in fear all day long. I don't know. You, you open your blinds like this. You, you probably have one of those people in your neighborhood. You're not actually sure they're human. It could just be a blind mover. No, you know what I'm saying, man. If you don't have that kind of confidence, then you'll wonder you're afraid of everything. Perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. Fear of life and living as well. Look, we're all going to go one day. And it's not going to be one day sooner than the Lord has mapped out for you. You see, you have that boldness. You just keep going. You keep growing. You keep looking forward to the things that the Lord's going to do in your life. And as the Spirit indwells you, as as your conscience stirs you to, to good works and towards godliness, you can face misunderstandings. You can face difficulties. You can face everything in your life knowing that God's got your back. God has your back. And oh, by the way, he has your front. And he has over you and beside you on both sides. He has underneath your feet. 
God's got it. Amen? And to that end, we should be progressing, not regressing. We should be taking ground and not giving ground. And I want to just encourage you, be confident in the Lord. And as your conscience speaks, listen. And if you're unsure, pray to the Father for the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct you, and pray for more faith. Remember when Jesus was praying for the disciples? I do not pray that you would deliver them from the trouble. Give them more faith. More faith will create a greater sense of the work of the Spirit in your life, will give you a wonderful, healthy conscience, will give you confidence for the things God's called you to, and will give you the power to get them done. Amen? Let's stand and we'll pray together. going to have some of the pastors up front available to pray with you. Brothers and sisters, what a great time for us to be alive in this world. And the harvest field out there is white. We have Easter coming. We can invite people to church. We can you know, preach the gospel. There's so much that we can do. Don't let the enemy rip you off and tell you, oh, you're not worthy. Look, just tell him, I know I'm not worthy. I'm not doing this because I'm worthy. I'm doing this because Jesus loves me. Because he does. And he wants you to have that great conscience and confidence. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us, Lord. Help our consciences to always be clear. Lord, clean our windows if we need them cleaned. Lord, help us to remember that you see everything. God, help us to be confident in all that we do because we have listened to our conscience. Holy Spirit, as you affect change in our lives, as you move us from place to place, as you give us power to endure like good soldiers, as you enable us to tackle new tasks for your kingdom and for your glory, God, empower us as your people. Help us to love the way you love. Help us to move with your spirit whatever direction you are moving as the wind of the spirit. Help us to go that way with a whole heart. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for blessing us. Lord, speak to us as we go our way tonight. Cause us to know things we didn't know this morning. Cause us to do things we couldn't do this morning. Lord, use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.